As you know, the On Farm podcast is brought to you by the team at Seen and Heard PR and Marketing. And I just wanted to remind you about a new initiative that's happening here called On Record. On Record is a project to preserve voices, stories and memories for the future with your very own audio recording. So we're recording memories of rural life. We're travelling around Scotland, working with families and organisations to capture precious voices of family members or staff members or long-serving office bearers to preserve those for posterity and sometimes for historical value. So if you think this project is something that you'd like to be involved in and maybe you have a grandparent or a parent that you'd like to capture on audio while you can, please do get in touch. You can find out more at onrecordmemories.co.uk. Welcome to On Farm. This is the first episode going out in 2024. Seen and Heard and myself have got a long association with RSABI and in fact with Carol McLaren, who is their chief executive. And Carol is a very busy lady, which is why it's taken us quite a long time to manage to have a chat with her about her role at RSABI since she was appointed. I think January is perhaps a very pertinent time for this episode to go out. I think we often feel that things are quite tough in January. The weather is miserable. Finances are often low. Sometimes we just don't feel like getting out of bed in the morning. And it's really good to hear from Carol and about the various ways in which RSABI are helping people with all types of challenges into 2024 and beyond. So sit back, find somewhere cosy and enjoy the conversation with Carol. Hello, my name's Carol McLaren and I'm Chief Executive of RSABI. Can you tell me a little bit about how things started at RSABI? What drew you to the job and, and how did it all kick off? I had been fortunate to be able to work with RSABI as a volunteer for a couple of years and particularly over the COVID period, helped them with the launch of the Keep Talking campaign. And at that time, the idea was very much we knew farmers would actually in general be okay at the start of COVID because it was lambing time, it was sowing time, they'd be busy getting on with spring work. But we knew that once they came out of that, they might be struggling. The usual auction markets, you know, summer agricultural shows wouldn't be happening. So um, we we knew that at that point, perhaps it would be more challenging. They wouldn't be socialising as much as usual. So the idea was just to remind everyone, I think we kicked it off around about what would have been Fife Showtime and ran the campaign right through to the end of the Royal Highland Show. And the idea was, like, reach out to someone, connect with someone that you maybe haven't seen for a while, pick up the phone, send them a text, whatever, just just connect up with someone um, and, you know, sh- share how you're feeling, share what you're up to and, and you know, help each other that way. So that was the idea. And I loved it. Absolutely loved working with the team. Obviously, I knew RSABI well from my, um, you know, my other roles in the industry. But I got to know them even better then, got to know Nina well, the whole team. And I just loved what they were doing. And when the role was advertised, I just thought, crikey, <laughs> you know, I love, love, love that job. Just just be so um, proud to do that job. So I went for it and um, I was interviewed and, you know, thankfully they, they kindly offered me the role. It'd be great to hear just kind of th- that first maybe six months, how you felt and, and what you were doing and what it was all like. I think even when I went for the interview, something that came over speaking to the team as part of that process was that they really wanted people to know more about what services RSABI offers. So yes, people maybe had heard of the charity, but did they know exactly what we offer? 
Another thing that the team were really keen to do was to, you know, they felt when we're at events that perhaps if we had a stand that people might um, not come and see us because they'd be worried that we'd be asking how they were and how they really were, or or maybe we'd be asking them to, to you know, shaking a bucket or whatever. So we wanted to really uh, address that. And we had a great opportunity with them after COVID, the first Scott Sheep, which was up at Teeling um, at Finlarg and was an absolutely fantastic event. So we were quite strategic at that. And what we did was we engaged with a Perthshire barber, David Leggett's barber actually who's called the kilted barber <laughs> and we we asked him to work with us for the day and basically he did a trimathon at the event so trimming people's um, hair all day and that attracted lots of attention lots of fun and it just you know it was positioning us as friendly yes we're confidential and professional but actually we're a really friendly bunch as well and while it had a really light-hearted sort of theater type style um, you know event experience it was also a very serious message about looking after yourself, coming out after lambing. We know, you know, it's a really tough time for people. They work really long hours, lack of sleep, stress, and they can forget about looking after themselves. I think we did, we had all sorts of hair lying on the ground. We had uh, ear hair, we had eyebrows. <laughs> you can imagine. Um, sort of started yes, doing a lambing. <laughs> Wild and woolly. Um, so so that, it was just, yeah. yeah. And then by, by people coming to see us um, and taking part in that, um, you know, it was just a chance to hear about the other things that we do and, and have a good think about how, how they are and, and you know perhaps we could help them in other ways as well. I think that's a genius idea you know because effectively you were engaging with people but removing any kind of t- tiny kind of fear of stigma that they might have had or fear of of as you say being asked a question that was too intrusive or or be, you know being seen to perhaps need help that they might not ad- want to admit to and I, and I love the connection between you know taking physical care of yourself and getting a wee haircut and then, you know, sowing the seed there to, to make sure that people are really taking care of their own mental health at the same time and just checking in on themselves as well as checking in on each other, which the Keep Talking campaign was was all about. Yeah, and we've kind of further developed that over the past year with the sort of move towards the Health Hut initiative. So at the shows this summer, we were out and about with our nurse, Irene Scott, who's fabulous. And she's from a farming background as well, which does really help. She understands the industry and and the people. And so what we were doing at the start of the summer, the Royal Highland Show was taking blood pressures. And that was really interesting. We actually had a queue on the first day. We thought we might struggle to persuade people to come to the stand, but we actually had a queue and and people were really interested. We know that some farmers went away from the show and phoned their GPs the next day. And actually, we know of one farmer who was seen on the same day and was able to share his results and was onto medication that day and follow up you know, treatment as well. So Typically, across the board, over the summer, since we've run the, on up to this point, since we've run the Health Hut, we've taken about 500 blood pressures and about a third of farmers have been found to be worryingly, you know, high or, or um, should seek further professional support to, to, to help them. So that's really interesting. Another thing that really um, surprised me, not knowing enough about it, was the number of young people with high blood pressures. So uh, the monster drinks, Red Bull monster drinks and things, the effect that that has on young people and their blood pressures really jumps out. And there was a lot of surprised faces at the Highland Show when people came up thinking, oh, I'll be fine. And actually, no, because you've had so much Red Bull over the past 24 hours, your blood pressure is way up. 
the connection between lifestyle, I suppose, and and often, you know, farming is a very physical profession and therefore you assume that everybody is completely physically fit, but we probably all have a few bad habits thrown in there as well. What connection has that had to your fundraising efforts as well? Because obviously RSABI has got these two things that must feed into each other, you know, the, the fundraising and then being able to help people with those funds. So how does that sort of circle all, all work? I think we're incredibly lucky. And that really struck me in my first few months with the charity. And, and it has resonated throughout the last two years in that the Scottish farming community are so, so supportive of the charity. And we are 126 years old. Um, mm. So it's been around for a long time. And we still offer you know the same services in many ways in that practical financial and emotional support, which is what we offer. But you know we have grown and developed. We're a modern, I think, a very vibrant charity uh, as well now. But yeah, people are so kind. They are so kind. Whether you're um, a young farmer climbing a mountain or running the New York Marathon, um, do, doing a cycle. We had the young farmers cycled from Aviemore to Bigger Show over three days, including two wow. on a tandem. Um, oh my you know, goodness! Miraculously, <laughs> which must have been agony by day three, um, but they made it. So I think there were sixteen young farmers in total from different clubs. Um, the A to B cycle. We've had wow. um, Emma Gray, a young lady who sadly lost her dad to suicide a few years ago. It would have been his fiftieth birthday this year, and she did a skydive for us in in his memory. And again, has raised thousands of pounds. Um, and then we have people doing tractor runs. There's, you know, carol services, all, all so many different activities to to help raise funds for us. And of course, also helping to raise awareness of the services that we offer. I mean, one of our biggest challenges uh, that, you know, we, we need to tackle is that people who need us very often hesitate to reach out to us. We have a free phone number. It's really easy to remember. 0808-1234-555. It's completely free. It's 24 hours a day. That's new in the past couple of years. And it won't show up in your phone bill. You know, challenge for us is getting people not to hesitate. Very often people will phone us and say, I wish, I wish I'd picked up the phone three months ago. I got so close to phoning you and I, I just didn't. And, and, you know, three months down the track, things can be so much more difficult, mm. you know, for us to, to help them get back on track. Um, so that's the one thing we would say, please, please don't hesitate to phone, you know, whatever the problem is, we can help make it better. And if we can't ourselves, then we'll find someone that, that can, you know, we work with so many other organisations and fantastic charities who specialise in different areas. So a huge part of what the welfare team do is say, well, you know, we know exactly who to go to to help you with this problem, whatever it is. So awareness raising is just just so important. We've also introduced a web chat function as well, which is quite exciting. Ben, that's very modern for the farming sector. I can't wait to hear more about this. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because we knew that obviously, you know, so many young people have phones, but so few of them actually speak into those phones. They're using them all the time oh. for all different purposes, yes. but do they actually pick up the phone and, and use it mm. in the conventional way? So the web chat was introduced with, with young people in mind so that you could just go on be anonymous and just you know tap your question in it's not a bot it's a live person always that's monitoring that web mm -hmm. chat 24 hours a day but what we found actually is that people of all ages are now using that um, as an entry mm. point to, to our services and things so so that's good it's good for young people but good for older people as well what's really struck me about what you were saying is, is still that you know we 
and, and you'll, you will never get to an end point, I don't suppose, but your, the journey that you want to take RSABI on in terms of making sure that everybody understands what services are available and what help they can get if they need it. And you touched on practical, financial and emotional support. So I wonder if you might be, obviously, we're not going to name any names at all, but I wonder if you might be able to give me just some examples of the types of things that uh, you're able to help with in those areas, just so that people can think, oh, well, actually, that could be beneficial, or I think my neighbor could could benefit from getting in touch. Just again, to kind of, to really make sure that there's, that everybody can understand what's available from RSABI. Gosh, it's so, so broad. And the team are amazing. I should really emphasise that. That is the biggest joy of my job. When I wake up every morning, I just think, oh my goodness, I have such a good team. Everyone looking out for each other and trying to do the very best job that they can. But typically when they answer that phone call uh, on the helpline, it could be anything. It could be a retired farm worker who's got into financial difficulty, whose fridge is broken. It could be something like that. Or someone... Mm-hmm who didn't realise that they're entitled to disability um, allowance, disability payments and things. Very often farmers don't know about all these things that you are entitled to. It could be someone yeah. having a full-blown panic attack. The team will deal with that. We've had farmers in the last few weeks, you know, with panic attacks, anxiety. Young people with social anxiety is a real problem. And on the back of COVID, that hasn't mm. helped at all, you know. And we've been really working closely with the Young Farmers Association, which is a fantastic movement to try and get people uh, and, uh, you know, back, back into the young farmers. They have their membership during COVID, but they've now built that right back up again. It's such a good organisation for social and education activities as well. We could have someone with real mental health problems who's needing counselling and we offer counselling free of charge. If you go to your GP just now, you might have to wait up to a year to get counselling because there's so much demand. But we work with a team of private counsellors. It's all different um, people that you can actually choose from as a client of RSABI. You you gel with a particular counsellor. You might want someone with a farming knowledge and background. You might want someone who's nothing to do with the industry, a completely fresh pair of years. And that counselling can be organised really quickly within a week or 10 days if it's urgent. Wow. And then you've got your 10 sessions free of charge, completely free. And we tend to find by about session five or six, there's a dramatic improvement um, for people. So the counselling is so important. Demand for that has trebled over the past year. One example, I guess, that I would give, um, which really touched me in the past year, and, and there are many, but I was at the Highland Show And I was standing with um, the team at our little stand beside the Young Farmers Centre. And a couple were sort of standing looking over and I went over to speak to them. And um, they said is, and they named a member of the welfare team here. And I thought, well, she's just there. You clearly don't know what she looks like, but you know her name. Um, So I went Mm -hmm. and got the case officer involved. And what had happened is that... The farmer had been, I think he was fourth or fifth generation farmer, and he'd been handed, you know, he was taking over the farm from his father, who was who was still alive. And it was really struggling, the farm, really struggling financially. And he really didn't know what to do. He couldn't make it work uh, financially. He didn't want to let the family down. He felt really responsible. He didn't want to let his immediate family down. And he was, he felt he was in, I think, a narrowing tunnel. He just felt he had no options. Thankfully, he did pick up the phone to us. He wasn't in a good way. And mm-hmm. what we did was we did a, a farm review um, for him. And 
what we gave him was choices, options. He felt he had no options. He'd run out of options. But actually, the team were able to say, no, you do. Some of them are not palatable, but you do have options. And, you know, in, in his case, the best option was actually to sell the farm. And that's really, really tough. Yeah, but that tough. was yeah. the best option for him. And so the team walked him through that entire process over a couple of years, actually. They had been working with him. And and he, he got quite emotional when he was talking about this. And uh, so I, I kind of, we, we were walking into a quiet room together and he just took my arm and he said, Carol, you know, RSABI has, has saved my life. And it was just, you know, just, wow. I will never, ever forget that moment. And, mm-hmm. you know, you just think it wasn't okay. It's absolutely not ideal for him to have to sell the farm, but it was, you know, it was the best option for them as a family. And now they're in a, in a good place. And he was coming back to say, look, thank you. And this is where we are now. And, you know, we're in a, a new phase of our journey and just thank you all so much. There are too many farmers out there who think, oh, somebody else is in a worse situation than me. So I, I can't possibly, you know, pick up the phone. I don't, I, you know, I don't really need it. Other people might feel as though, well, this is something I, I ought to solve myself. Uh, therefore, I'm not going to pick up the phone. But actually, what harm can it do to pick up the phone and have a 20 minute conversation in complete confidentiality? Nobody will ever know other than the person at the other end. Absolutely. And, and you know, if, if they don't feel like quite picking up the phone to us, then please just speak to someone, you know, speak to someone the mm. difference that can make. And we're about to, you know, um, launch the Keep Talking campaign for this year. And we know that even a small amount of kindness can make a massive difference to someone's trajectory. If they're on a real, you know, downhill slope, a, a small amount of kindness, just taking the time and and listening, you know, during our mental health first aid training, we we teach people how to have a supportive, non-judgmental conversation, and and it's difficult to listen. It's difficult to allow silence because silence is a little bit awkward. Mm. But actually, yeah. during that period of silence, the the person is very often thinking and processing, and you need to give them that gap and not fill it with your stuff and just let you know, the silence run and they'll very often they look away from you. That's a real signal. They're thinking and then they look directly back at you and then they're going to speak again. And it's just allowing people, um, you know, to, to, to have that space and giving them your time. And it doesn't cost anything to give someone your time, but actually mm. it could make a difference. And literally it could, it could save a life. As you say, you'll never know that you have. And one thing I would say, and it's something we'll be doing as part of the Keep Talking campaign, is encouraging people not to shy away from words like suicide. Now, that's a really difficult Mm. word for a lot of people. And in our industry, sadly, we're still losing too many people of all ages. And we know, and one of the myths uh, I think people have is they think if they use that word, they somehow might plant a seed of thought of suicide in someone's head. Whereas all the research and all the teams that we're working with and the different expert organizations like Sam H and others know that if you have the confidence to raise that with them, you may well save a life. You will certainly not make anything worse. You will probably make things better. Um, so it is, you know, it is taking us into a new wave in terms of mental health as an industry, I think, to learn these things. And literally that little bit of kindness, because in in actual fact, one in 20 of us can be having suicidal thoughts of suicide at any one time. One in 15 of us over the courses of our lives will attempt to take our lives, make a serious attempt to take our lives. So this is something 
very common, but things, there are things, there's a lot of hope and a lot of things that we can do when someone is in that space. And for example, people will go up and down usually, you know, when they have, mm-hmm. they're having um, thoughts of suicide. And if people have a safety plan in place, when they're kind of at a more up phase and they're up and down that we go through if we, we are having thoughts of suicide, if you have your safety plan and you know if you start to feel you're going in a downward trajectory, you know who you're going to call and you know where you're going to take yourself and how you're going to keep yourself safe. And the people that are in your safety plan know that you could call them and things. The difference that could make is is massive. That along with being a lot more open about using words like suicide. You know, if you are concerned, really concerned, have the confidence to say, you know, are you having thoughts of suicide? Mm-hmm. Are you safe with yourself? You know, just and 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 you know, giving people the the door to walk through into starting that conversation with you um, if they really are yeah. in a bad place. Yeah. And I think also if you flip it, I, I did a psychology degree many, many years ago, but one of the things I clearly remember was about asking for help. And if you flip it round, we often think if we ask somebody for help, that we're being a burden or an inconvenience on them. And, and those thoughts often prevent us from asking the question. But I, I clearly remember the evidence from studies that show that actually that the opposite is true. People like being asked for help. It makes them feel good, particularly if they're able to offer that help. It makes them feel good because they have helped you. And actually, as, as the person asking you become even more liked by that person who who you've asked that question of. And that really struck me. And I've remembered it ever since. You know, if I need an SOS, an SOS from another school mum to pick up my child, I think, oh, goodness, but surely, surely she's got enough to do. I don't need to bother her. And then I think about that and think, actually, no, they're not going to mind. And, and you know, you know as, as long as you encourage people to be honest, if they're not able to help you at that particular point of time, I think that's really important that actually people like to be asked. We all like to be useful and to be helpful. And, and for me, that's, that's just always something that crops up in my mind if I think I need to ask. And, and I think, I hope... Um, that that other people can think that too, that you're never a burden. I am really optimistic, actually, about the direction of travel of Scottish agriculture in terms of mental health. There's a lot of signs that, you know, so much good work has been done out there. You know, we've got the young farmers with their Are You OK um, campaign. And, yeah. and, you know, it's great to see so much happening at that, you know, age um, level, that sort of entry level into farming. And it augurs well for the future, the the mental health first aid training that we've been doing which has been fascinating right around the country I'm going up to Shetland early in the new year I was up in Orkney last um, new year Um, and you know that that's been just fabulous the way it's been received we've now trained over 400 people working in the front line with farmers so that ranges from quality assurance and you know assessors to Scottish government inspectors to vets agronomists bankers we've trained the whole of the Scottish Virgin Banking Agri team and and RBS and others Bank Scotland as well so yeah really excited about the potential of that and the cascade benefit to the industry of that and what that teaches them is what to look out for 
you know, when they're engaging with a farmer or crofter, what to look out for, what, what, you know, what might be worrying signs and what to say and do if they do come across someone that's struggling. And really importantly, you know, where to encourage them to seek further support so they do know what support is out there. And there's loads of really good support out there. You are launching an app. Can you tell me about that? Because it sounds I've read a little bit about it and it sounds amazing. So it's called the Thrive Wellbeing app and it's an NHS approved app. And the really exciting, unusual thing about this app is that it has a live therapist function. So it's not a bot or anything. It's got a live therapist function. And we've been trialing the app in a pilot with the Young Farmers Association with bigger uh, Aberfeldian Bill Baxter clubs over the past Mm -hmm. year. And we know that it has uh, been successful um, work with those clubs. And you can use it in a number of different ways. You can use it as simply as just to track your well-being day by day. And that can be as straightforward as extreme cloud to extreme sun. How are you feeling across different parameters? And if you track low, and this is something you can do when you're, I don't know, you know, you've just got five minutes spare out in the farm or, or whatever you're up to. It doesn't need to be something mm-hmm. you sit down and spend time on. It's a really quick process to track your well-being. But if you're tracking low in any particular of the, you know, the, the well-being uh, areas that are tracked, then a therapist will reach out to you. You can access that live therapist as well at any time if you feel, you know, you would like that support. But equally, that therapist will reach out and say, look, I'm a little bit concerned or, you know, do you want to have a, a, a talk? So that's really exciting. I mean, you can use it for a full-blown CBT. There's meditation videos. There's a whole heap of different content advice and stuff to inspire you to eat well, to sleep well, uh, to, to take exercise well. Lots of really good content on there. But Or you can just use it at that more simple tracking your well-being level. And the exciting thing for us is that over that pilot period, the young farmers did enjoy using it. And we know that there were young farmers who had um, thoughts of suicide or self-harm, you know, thoughts as well, who did benefit from the live therapist function. And so, you know, that's real-time yeah. technology um, benefiting mental health. And of course, it's not the answer, but it's another tool in the armory um, for people who, who would like to benefit so the, what we're doing now is that we're offering it to industry-wide, to people of any age. You don't have to be a young farmer. You can be any age at all, retired farmer or anyone involved in Scottish agriculture. All they need to do is if they jump on our website, they'll find a link to be able to fill in a short form and you can then get sent a code. So not the app store at this stage. Go to the RSABI website because you need a code to be able to download it for free. That's right. Yes. yes right. Yeah. Well, that's good. a good tip to know. This may be a very... Very unfair question, Carol, because it's tricky. But how do you think you will be able to encourage, shall I say, the slightly older generation who perhaps aren't as tech savvy to engage with this app? Uh, yeah, I think it might be slightly more for, for the younger generation, but we do get a lot of surprises. You can, you know, certainly don't presume that because people are a bit older that they. Well, no, absolutely. Be... I am sounding very <laughs> ageist, and it is a it is a generalisation. But the, the the non-tech savvy people, rather than yes, rather than people who are necessarily older. Yeah, no, well, I'm certainly not a very tech savvy at all. But you know, generally, you, we find that people have neighbours or grandchildren or nephews or nieces that can. Help help them get onto these things. And once they do, of course, then yes. it's simple and intuitive to use. It's just those first few steps. But yeah, I would say just ask someone. There's always someone, hopefully, that, that can give you a help just to get that over that first mm-hmm. hurdle. And then you've got it on your phone and you're, you're yeah. sorted. 
any final messages, Carol, for, for people listening, either for 2024 or just more generally, anybody who perhaps hasn't engaged with RSABI before in, in any capacity? I suppose one group that we do struggle to reach sometimes is farm workers, actually. And we're here for everyone in Scottish agriculture, whatever that you do. I mean, I think we're here for retired farmers, but we are here for farm workers. We're here for, for everyone working or having worked in Scottish agriculture. And all I would say, I guess, is thank you to everyone who supports us because we we have no guaranteed income, really. So those that sign up to be part of our supporter scheme, where that's just so valuable to know that if you've signed up by direct debit, we've got that coming in. And yeah, just a massive thank you because, you know, we, we exist um, very much thanks to the kindness and generosity and support and enthusiasm of, of people in the Scottish agricultural community. So, yeah, thank you. Brilliant. So thank you, Carol. Just finally, before you go, could you give us the phone number of the helpline one more time and the website? So it's 0808 1234 0808 1234 And then it's www.rsabi.org.uk. So thank you once again to Carol McLaren. I hope that having listened to Carol, you feel inspired to support RSABI in any way you can, whether that is the next time you do a sponsored activity, making them your chosen charity or becoming a business supporter if you're in a position to do that, or even just getting in touch with your next door neighbour and making sure they're okay and referring them to RSABI if necessary. But thank you again to Carol. And as always, enormous thanks to our sponsor. This week, it is Gillespie McAndrew, Scottish legal firm Gillespie McAndrew. So thank you again to them for their continued support of the On Farm podcast. We would not be able to produce this podcast if it weren't for our amazing sponsors. So thank you to them. And if you are a Scottish business and you might be keen to sponsor the podcast, please do get in touch because we'd love to hear from you. Thanks again. And uh, we'll be back next week.